Hello, and thank you for joining a brand new episode of This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I want to remind you that not only can you listen to the podcast on Spotify, but you can also listen to us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and also Anchor FM. That being said, um, you can follow me on Facebook at JonathanKent.311, as well as the This Is Just a Phase Facebook group, uh, where we post uh, new and past episodes, as well as uh, merch opportunities, touring schedules, and the occasional music video. Um, also, uh, if you're into great punk rock music, please go over to This Is Just a Record Label.bandcamp.com and check out the label that I co own with Mike Rotemoyer. Uh, there's some great releases out there from the likes of the Prozacs, the Plan Bs, Gatlin, and Letters, as well as three amazing compilations. And we're getting ready to release the debut solo full length from Dave Strong, the guy behind this very episode. So please sit back and Jay, let's go. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same old On this exciting episode, I get the pleasure of sitting down with one of my good buddies, Dave Strong, solo artist and former member of the Pinheads and the Guts, among others. We chat about getting into music and forming the Pinheads with Nate Doyle, his time in the Guts and playing with the likes of Jeff Palmer, Wimpy Rutherford, and Brad Marino, and taking another swing at playing music. We also chat about giving back to the scene, his debut solo album, the thoughts and process going into it, blending pop punk and rockabilly, us working together, and so much more. So sit back and catch the buzz surrounding this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's a song from Dave's debut self-titled full length called It's All Right. Enjoy.
Hello? Hey, Dave. All right, it's working. It's working. We defeated the evil application process. This um, was our team building, like our first team building thing. Yes, the team building exercise, the first one of 2023. That's right, man. Now we are now we're besties. Now I we're besties. With my kids. We've 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 been through the war, my man. We've been through the war. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I've done that before, but maybe maybe it was another one. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I run into issues like that, especially like in Europe. I don't know if like they have a different setup for like internet over there, but I've had issues trying to connect with people over there. And, like, I'm only limited so much, like, trying to figure out, like, troubleshooting to a certain point. After that, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I got my bullet points. And is, if I if I exhaust all those, then I'm like, well, I guess we're not chatting. <laughs> it was definitely because my, um, my default, the mic set to, like, off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always try to remind people to, you know, keep their browser open and make sure their mics on. Those are the two biggest issues. Yeah, I figured it out. We figured it out. So that's awesome. Awesome. I'm glad we got to figure it out, man. For sure. It's funny because I was like, I swear, I threw my because I never had Facebook before. Like this year, I only my my daughter got me into Instagram or something, and for some reason, I have some people on it now, but. Um, the person that made the video for, well, for Little Girl and for Nights in Jail, she set me up with, like, a Facebook account, and I was like, oh, fuck, and now I'm, like, talking to you through, I don't know which, I think they're, like, compatible or something, so I can't tell which one I'm going through when I talk to you. Yeah, the majority of the majority of the time, I think I'm linked through your Instagram. Yeah. Like, I sent you, like, a bunch of stuff about... I sent you like a bio. Did you get that? Um, you know what? If you sent something, I would have responded. Okay. So if if you sent it and I didn't respond, then I then I didn't get it. Cool. Well, yeah, because I always I always make sure I you know at least say cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> just so just so I don't leave anybody hanging. You know what I mean? Even if I can't like read it right away, yeah, I'll at least respond with like cool. Or, or something, and then and then get back to the conversation later on. But yeah, I won't leave you hanging like that. Well, that was a good um, that was a good practice for me then, because I like spilled my guts to to whoever was on that site. Or no, yeah. I guess nobody now. But you know what? I I don't know what you would have would have gone. Maybe that's the Instagram one, and I'm and I'm just I've been texting you through Facebook then. Yeah, I think that's what it is, but. I, I really don't know because I looked at it and I was like, why is this on? Why is it orange now? And it said, I think I put it into like non-binary mode, I guess. Yeah. Which I don't know what how I did that or anything. So I don't know how to shut it off, but I'm fine with it. I mean, it's no problem or anything. So, but then I was like, that's through Instagram. I thought, I thought I had to do that through Instagram, but I did get the, I did end up downloading the messenger app. So now I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I'm just an old <laughs> dude that's like sending random messages to different people to see. Okay, who you know, you know what I'll probably just do? I'll probably just send you my phone number and you can just send me shit through text message. Cool, <laughs> yeah. it easier, man. Well, I mean, we're on the same team now and we're besties. So, yeah, send me a number.
Oh, absolutely. I will do that after the interview for sure. But uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. You're you're welcome. It's like I almost forgot we were doing the podcast. We were just bullshitting. (laughs) (laughs) Just roll it, man. That's all it's about. You know what? That's the way. This is the way the podcast works. You know what I mean? It's just it's me bullshitting with somebody that I um, have admiration for within within the punk rock scene. Um, you know, from talking to me as long as we have been for the number of years that we've been chatting, you know, me and you are both lifers, you know what I mean? We've all, you know, we've done our time in the scene. We've, you know, um, it's been a part of us and, you know, it's just my way of, of giving back to, uh, the scene that I've, I've enjoyed for God, shit, um, almost 29 years now. Yeah, and it uh it blows my mind that it's been this this much of a chunk of my life um because i'm going to be turning 42 and it's like i'm 42 too oh yeah so you you know exactly i mean i'm class of 94 um and you know it's just you know this is my way of giving back and you came under my radar um i was 99 i think i was class of 99 i think Oh, oh, I meant I bet punk rock, not graduation. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm class of '99, also. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> got me. <laughs> I, I, I meant I meant as far as the 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 the, the punk exposure was the class oh, of '94. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, like I, you came under my radar a couple of years ago, um, because but but I've known of you a lot longer, but I just didn't realize it, um. <laughs> You go back into the punk scene for a long time. Um, not only do you do your solo stuff, um, but you've also worked with other bands. Um, you've worked with The Guts. Yeah. Um, you've worked with uh, Wimpy Rutherford from The Queers, I believe you told me. Yep. Um, and you've done other work in, in the past, but um, I've known of The Guts, obviously, like most people from, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, cheapskate records ears um the heyday the heyday and i didn't realize that you were a part of the band uh on a couple of the releases um one of them i'm lucky enough to own um um when did you when did you first get involved you know um you're 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 from port you're from uh, portland maine yeah i live in portland like near portland now i'm from portsmouth Okay, you're from Portsmouth, New Hampshire originally, yep. and you live in Portland, Maine now. Yep. Um, obviously, because the guts are from Portsmouth. Yep. Um, when did you When did you uh, first, you know, team up with with Jeff and the guys, and um, what kind of like tell, tell tell me and a listener a little bit of your your journey up on through now? Yeah, I mean, um, the way that I got connect. Well, I've known Jeff since fifth grade. We. We both went to Greenland Central School. Um, that was like fifth, like it was K through eighth. So it was like, it was a kindergarten through junior high thing. And he moved there in uh, fifth grade, I think. And he was doing music ever since then, pretty much. Um, so I've just known him off and on, went to high school with him and everything. And I don't know, I started playing music probably in eighth grade um i my first band was actually with nate doyle from the guts okay yeah i it was called the pinheads 
which he just did. He just did the dummy room, I think, like last week. And I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I didn't even know that the Pinheads was the band in um, Back to the Future. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I had no clue. They kind of gave me credit for, for thinking that I knew that, but I I did I did not know that. <laughs> you just kind of bullshitted your way through it, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. So he was like my first friend in high school, pretty much. And we just started playing music. His mother was my bus driver, like, through, like, grade school. So when oh, wow. I started hanging out with him, she was like, Nate, don't fucking hang out with this kid. He's he's a bad news, you know. But, but I don't know. It was fun, man. I mean, we just we kind of jammed in the basement and just played around and everything. And that's we we kind of just started our own thing, you know. I always listened to Jeff's. Jeff was in a bunch of other bands too. Mm-hmm. I like listened to the Twits he was in, and then. I don't even know. He was in so many friggin' bands, and then obviously his time in the queers before before starting up the guts and stuff. So I mean, I'm sure that was all that was all going on to your radar as well. Yeah, yeah, and I well, they Nate and him met. I don't know if it was through me or not, but I had this party in my basement, and like, I think I was like 14, and my mother told me that I was allowed to have, like a punk show or she said I could have a few people over for a party and I didn't tell her exactly what my motives were, but uh, I flyered the whole town of Portsmouth. I put flyers in Hampton beach. I think I even went as far down to like, I I think I went to like Seabrook and I I went up the the seacoast pretty much to like (laughs) Kinko's copies was a huge thing at that time. And I like just made flyers and flyers and flyers and, it was a fucking shit show. There was like 150 <laughs> people at my mom's house. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it was crazy. They're like, I think someone broke their leg on my trampoline. And the, I think that, um, I, I don't know. I think the ambulance got stuck in my leech field, in my dad's leech field. <sighs> Needless to say, it was a shit show. And it was it was cool. I mean, Tamara um, was there. Like Tamara's a punk Tamara. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as I was always friends with her. Like, I think Wimpy was there. Wimpy's son might have been there actually, because I grew up with Wimpy's son. Oh, um, okay. The first party that I had him at. It was just, it was just a shit show of fun and crazy times. So like, we played there, and I I don't know, man. It was fucking. It was crazy. The cops came. I was grounded for the rest of my life almost. <laughs> But it was worth it, right? It was totally worth it, man. And I think that, like, that's kind of either where they met or just from, like, going around. Nate Nate and I hung out, and they joined. They formed, like, She's a Guy. There was a band called She's a Guy, I think, that they played with together. Mm, okay. With Rick and Ben, this guy, Tony, who played in the Tunnel Rats. They were, like, a real pop punk type, kind of, like, sinkhole type band. Okay. So that's that was their first band before the guts. Well, so so when did you when did you come into play? When did you start playing with um um and and um where did you you know having teamed up with them um was you know where'd you guys play and you know who were some influences that that you had going through the scene at that point? I was just a big 
like I was a big fan of the queers. I was like a big fan of those band, the Bruisers, that was from Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the Guts too. Like they, when they started the band, I went like to all the shows. I was just like this guy that used to be friends with them in high school and everything. And at that point, I had had like my first my daughter, and I was like gonna get married and stuff. And I was just kind of a hang around type person. I wasn't. I I was a fan of the guts. The only reason I ended up even in that band was like 2008 or 2009 after they pretty much called it splits. And I was in a band called the trailer sluts. It was like a trashy, trashy punk band. I was playing drums and we, um, Jeff was playing second guitar and this guy, Johnny from the unseen was playing guitar it was like we were trash. It was like really trashy punk rock. But <laughs> nice. after practices, I would stay and Jeff would stay. And he was writing the Songs of Freedom songs at that time. And I, I was like, dude, I want to play. I want to play. Put me in. Put me in, you know, because yeah. I fucking love the guts. I always loved them. I always loved the songs. Um, so really anything I could do to be in it, I... I put myself in it pretty much. And that's what happened. And he brought me to record songs of freedom, which was one of the best times of my life, honestly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great record. Um, <laughs> even though he, even yeah. what's up. I actually, I actually like sang two songs on that album, which is pretty crazy. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I got to go back and, and dig it out and listen to it. It's <laughs> been Elon since I've listened to that record. Um, I got to dig it out too, but it was, <laughs> it was like a lot of people like Dave Parasite produced it. And he, he came for the trip with us and we, we played as the parasites a couple times when we, like we would play half a set as the guts and then Dave Parasite would come up and we play like six or seven awesome parasite songs. Then you get down and we'd finish the set. We did that all the way out to Lafayette. I think that's where Sonic Iguana was in Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, out there, yep. Yeah, we did that all the way there. And then when we got there, Phil from the Teen Idols, who actually recorded it, and uh, I think he mixed it. I think Mass ended up mastering it, but I'm not 100% because I was kind of blurry. But <laughs> I, we knocked on the back door of Sonic Iguana, and Phil was like, he had puke on his shirt. His, <laughs> his pompadour was all down. I swear he like had someone's fucking girlfriend in there. Like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. This is Phil. Holy shit. So yeah, it was awesome, man. And he's a great fucking singer. He's a wicked cool dude, you know? That's awesome. Little girl, what you do, what you wanna Little girl, what you do, what you wanna do to my heart, cause I'm giving it to you, little girl.
Um, so after the guts ended, uh, what 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 did you spend your time doing? Uh, were you continually doing music, or were you more in the um, the dad role at that point? When the guts, like when that whole like rendition of the guts ended, um, Jeff was writing songs for his. Um, I think it's like the it was the Jeff Useless Experiment Experiment or jeff useless band yeah i think so yeah before he did the connection yeah yeah um and i helped with a little bit of that stuff i'm on that record and we did an ep before that like tell me what we did a music video and stuff i don't know where the video is it used to be online but yeah we that's kind of like the next step after that we ended up doing that and then i sort of faded out Faded out. Now, now was that because you know you you know being a dad and you know figuring you know what I need to start doing the nine to five. I need to start really being more of a provider instead of chasing whatever whatever I'm trying to chase or what whatever level of fame I'm trying to chase. I'm not even sure why it was. I mean, I, I don't even think I had that mentality at all. Honestly, I think I just like. I, I really don't know. I, it wasn't because I didn't want, I needed to become like a better dad and stuff. Cause I, I was a dad already. So mm-hmm. I worked it through. My kids like came to the show sometimes. And like, I always did my dad thing first before. Mm-hmm. The um, I never really thought I was going to be a rock star or anything like that. I just always wanted to just make music, you know? So, yeah, like, like, I, I was, I became a dad at 24. So, you know, I played in band for bands for a number of years. Um, a lot of my contemporaries that were coming up around the same time uh, were really starting to thrive within the scene. And, you know, I was trying to balance support, you know, still going to shows, supporting my fan, my, my friends and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, putting myself as a dad, number one. I mean, when my when my kids were, you know, when my my older, my oldest was born, you know, you know, my friends' bands like Johnny Three and the Reynolds and Dead City Dealers, they were starting to get big. The Prozac started getting big. Yeah. You know, the gods, all you guys were, were starting to hit your stride. And it was like, it was really a challenge even deciding not to play in bands anymore. It was hard just to even be a fan. So yeah. I know the challenge of trying to be in a band and trying to be a parent and trying to trying to balance all this stuff. It's fucking hard, especially when you're in your twenties, man, and you don't you don't really know shit about shit yet. You know what I mean? It's totally true. I mean, so when I was like twenty one is when I had Kira, my first daughter. Um, and this was before the guts and stuff. I had like had a couple bands. I had already had the band with Nate, like in high school, obviously. That was all yeah. done and I had been in a couple of the punk bands and shit, but like um yeah, when I was twenty one, I had Kara and then I met, then I had my son Tyler like three years later this is all pre-gut stuff um and I kind of like sold my guitars and my drums oh. all that stuff at that point um and then I got married and then I did like that grind as the parents and then me and the me and my wife at the time got divorced mm. Pushed me back into doing music with like Jeff and stuff because that oh, was okay. 2009. So that was like a good 
few year gap, you know? Yeah. I didn't play any music when I was married to my ex. Okay. Yeah. I was, I kind of, that was, that was around the same time that I kind of walked away. I started do. I started uh, going back and catching more shows. I mean, from like 2007 to like 2011 is when I kind of was out of the scene. The, 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 the biggest chunk. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, you, you don't really know you, you, like you said, like you, you were married, you know, I was, I wasn't married, but I was in my, I was with my older two kids as mom at the time. She wasn't very supportive of the scene, you know? So it was like, well, when I did go, I didn't have any support of it. So it made it difficult. It, it made it uncomfortable to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, but then when I met my, my wife now, you know, my, my youngest kid's mom, um, she totally supported it because we knew a lot of the same people. She wasn't part of the scene, but she knew all the people that I did because, you know, the small town that we're from in Western Pennsylvania, you know, we, we, we lived in a town of 30,000 people and, you know, we had, you know, 40 some bands, you know what I mean? So you were good. You could, you could spit out your window and hit somebody who's in a band. Hell yeah. So, so it was, you know, and that was the mid, you know, the early mid 2000s that, you know, that, you know, was our heyday and, and being so close to Youngstown, it was, you know, a lot of the bands that we were playing with, you know, ended up becoming bigger bands and, you know, we're getting a lot more attention and it was, you know, just as the scene was starting to really build, like I had to go, eh, I gotta go, man. You know what I mean? It kind of sucked because I missed so much during that time period. You know, I missed a lot of a lot of the bands getting to the getting to the point they're at right now. But you know, I'm lucky enough that I I still call all these people friends, and it's 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 really awesome. You know, twenty twenty years later, you know. So anyhow, let's just delve into uh, talking about the new record. Hell's and yeah. um, leading up to it in in your influences uh, with it, uh, um, you started doing the project, started doing the solo stuff, obviously during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that's how me and you have come to start talking uh, because we have, you know, between the dummy room and the million other, you know, I think we have like 70 some people in common. Yeah. Um, through 70 something awesome people. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, even though we're from different parts of the United States, it's, you know, we, you know, we all followed, you know, we ran around with the same group of people. So, yeah, you know, we, you know, we obviously felt like kindred spirits right away and started talking. And, you know, what you, you were putting out singles, you know, and you were sharing those singles. And then you teamed up with Grib Deeds and started putting these songs out as singles through his label, uh, Laptop Punk Records. Yep. Um, when did when did that relationship start and you know what led to you releasing those singles? Um, I wanna say, I mean, I did a few things with this band, the Labor Pains. And oh, okay, yeah, I know those guys, yeah. Yeah, I did the um I did the Cybernetic Girl EP with them and I played mm -hmm. bass and sang backups on it. And I think that they did something with you and they did something with um or at least Kyle, I know. Did something with Laptop Punk too? Yeah, I did. Uh, I I used uh, the self-titled song uh, on the first compilation we put out. Yeah, that's yeah. a good song. He's a great songwriter. 
Oh, absolutely. That uh, that EP is amazing. And it's cool that you played on that as well. Yeah, Jeff recorded that too, actually, in his basement. Nice, nice. Another another Jeff reference. But <laughs> but yeah, that's the Grim Deeds thing. Um, it was either Kyle said something or um, my friend Brad might have said something. Because I think Brad, Brad Marino has a song that he put on there. And he's like, why don't you just... You know, put something on Grim Deeds. So I was like, all right. And I reached out to him and, you know, we clicked right away. And he, uh, yeah, he, he put it out. He, he has no problem, like, putting single after single out. He does the artwork. He did the artwork and stuff for me. Oh. You know, we hit it right off. And I thank, I thank him so much, actually, because I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't really, I'm like, uneducated as far as it comes to like the internet and shit so like everyone's been super nice to me about it and i'm not like really bad but i mean i'm and i'm learning i'm learning and shit but so far everyone has like really helped me instead of like screwed me over which i really love about like the scene because i've i've trusted a lot of people with a bunch of songs and stuff and they've all steered me in the right direction made sure that everyone that they knew could hear them did like always let me know when they downloaded um like it's just crazy how honest and great grim and like all the people that i've I've been working with lately have been i've never experienced something like that before how how cool people can be and i love it it's great I, I was, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. And, and I've, I've made reference to this before. Um, about six or seven years ago, I had, I had run into an old buddy of mine, uh, Stiv Reynolds from, he was in the Hollywood Blondes and Rad and, and spent a, spent a time in Johnny Three. Yep. Um, I had ran into him at uh, a buddy of mine's, uh, his band was having a reunion show over in Youngstown. And I had ran into, I'd ran into Stiv and me and him were bullshitting. And he's like, oh, there's these groups on the internet, man. Like, you should check these out. I mean, there, there are a lot of the same people. It's amazing you, you, who you'll see in these groups, man. People we haven't seen in like 10, 15 years. So he had put me in, you know, check out the dummy room, check out this page, this page or whatever. And I, I know, well, dummy room later on, but I checked out these other pages first and then he got me into the dummy room and I started, you know, realizing I, I was running into pe- I was talking to people who I had listened to 10, 15 years before that didn't really personally, you know, but then I became friends with them. And then, you know, I would start talking with people that owned their own record labels and record labels that I, um, that I really respected, like Jason over at cheapskate and, uh, John over at mom's basement and, you know, started conversing with people like Larry Livermore, who just, it was, it was, it was so overwhelming. Like I was finally using the internet or Facebook the way it was intended to be used. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I was making these connections with people that I'd never thought in a million years I would ever, I would ever have the opportunity to talk to. And and then, and then the pandemic happened, and it just magnified, you know, to the umpteenth degree where people are just literally 
just doing everything in their power to help each other within the scene. And it's, it's followed, you know, three years later. And it's just amazing, like, how much people are willing to help each other in this tiny little scene that we have that's, God God forbid, is, you know, a couple years ago were, was, was kind of reduced to being on its hands and knees. Like, it's like this huge resurgence now with, with the, the music that we all love again. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, they, they got it right. We got it right now. It's fucking awesome. It only took us to our 40s to do it, right? I know, but I mean, better late than never, right? Exactly, and you know what I, I, I'm, you know, when I when I started the podcast, and of course the early, the early years of doing the podcast, I mean, I was lucky enough that I had uh, really good people that were supportive right off the jump. Whether it was Jay with the Prozacs and and um, uh, Nick with Lesser Creatures and Athena over at uh, Little Lost Girl. And, you know, Nate over at the dummy room and Hey Pizza and John at mom's basement. I got was lucky enough to have a lot of support early on. You know, um, most bands, you know, told me yes. No, no, you know, a couple of my have told me no along the way. But, you know, it, it's I mean, shit, I got to interview John Jughead from Screeching Weasel, dude. That's awesome. like, dude, the inner, the inner, the inner 13 year old in me, you know, you know, you know, pick, picking up, you know, anthem, you know, picking up anthems or or boogada boogada boogada. I would have never thought in a million years I would ever have the opportunity to talk to him. And you know, the the label support, you know, the other labels support each other. Um, you know, like you know, sometimes we'll try to work together, and you know, bands are always looking out for other bands. You know, when when I was starting the label, bands were just like, oh yeah, you want our songs here. Here, here's five of them. Pick one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was, that's awesome. It was, it was so you know because I, I, I was turning forty, and I was doing the pot, and I was doing the podcast, and I was like, you know, in in twenty twenty one, you know, once everything started getting lifted, I went to my first show, and I was like, I think I want to start a label. I, I think it's time. I, I, I think it's. I, I mean, my kids are getting older. You know, they're, you know, my daughter's going to graduate. I've, my older, you know, my boys are, are teenagers or preteens. Uh, this is a perfect time for me to actually start doing stuff that um, I think I could actually do. And, you know, the, the scene was very supportive of every step of the way. And it's it's nice to hear that the scene was supportive of you, too. That, that makes me feel good as well. Yeah, that was awesome. It's awesome. I'm like, I mean... I don't want to say I'm over amazed how like great it's been because knock on wood, but I am. I'm like, I'm thoroughly impressed with the way that everyone's coming together. It's it's like the way it should be, you know? Yeah, exactly.
I want to talk to you about this this uh, this release that you're putting out. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we we part, uh, me and Mike and you have partnered up. Um, this is just a record label helping you put out the uh, CD and the cassette yeah. of your of your solo album. Um, and I just want to talk to you about you know some of the songs and um, mainly uh, the the style that you're going for, which is very different when i first heard it it's pop punk beats rockabilly yeah and where did which was at first it was like these two things shouldn't work (laughs) but they absolutely do yeah like on paper when you write it out it's like "Mm," and then you hear it and you go oh god damn he 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 he, he's i get it i get it now Uh And I, you know, from from the very early singles that I've heard, you know, a little girl, and I would, and, uh, up and through now, um, every song sounds different, and I, I'm just really impressed by it. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, the idea of starting uh, to, to coming up with that style of doing things, and um, what were your what was what were the influences or what were the bands that you kind of had in the back of your mind while you were creating these songs yeah cool um i well i always loved like the beatles and the beach boys buddy holly you know eddie cochran i i, I always loved the oldies malt shop I, and then like malt shop oldies i really got into that um i played a lot of like pop punk before but i also i've, I've played everything like I just love music and rock and roll as it is. Um, and I've, I don't know, I got a, I was playing in a band called the Hellbound Hitmen right before the pandemic. It was almost, it was pretty much a psychobilly band is, is what okay. it was. I, I never played anything like it. Before. They were awesome, awesome songs. And I bought a Gretsch and I was playing around with some of the, t- and I always loved the Stray Cats and the Cramps. Like, those are some of my favorite bands. And I was just like, you know, I didn't do much thinking about, like, meshing them together. But I was like, you know, I'm going to write this song, Little Girl, and then I'm going to write Nights in Jail. I mean, and I was like, how would Nights in Jail sound as a pop punk? You know, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to switch it around. So I didn't put much, like, thought into how to maneuver the songs i just kind of let them come out as they were and that's kind of coming it was. out organically yeah yeah that's just how it was and um i had never thought like little girl and i would is me i just i mean i've always been a big fan of of rockabilly and stuff like that so i mean i couldn't see nights in jail being a pop punk song and i couldn't see you know little girl being uh, a rockabilly or an oldie style song. Um, so when I did, I would in Little Girl. Those were my first two totally solo songs. I went into the studio and it was all by myself. The only person that came with me was my daughter, and she did like the backups mm-hmm. and like. And um, those were just straight up pop punk, you know, a lot of harmonies, and I played the electric bass on it. But I I. I had made connections um, to this guy, Terry, um, 
who's on every other one of my songs. Um, his name's Terry. He's a killer, killer bass player. And I invited him in on my second session, um, which I think was the Nightcrawler. It ended up being the Nightcrawler. Yeah. And he just fucking slapped that bass and like he he came up with that part that was like bum 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 bum. Oh yeah. It's just a it's just amazing. And I was like, that's it, you know. And that song was totally like psychobilly sounding anyway. It never was mm-hmm. really poppy, but it was kind of like oldies still with a lot of slapback reverb and stuff. And I mean, that's kind of what got me with like the upright bass. And and I'm a fan of a have you ever heard of the sewer rats? Yeah, I've heard of the sewer rats for sure. They kind of have that pop they kind of have that pop rockabilly thing going. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. they had the upright bass. And at the beginning, the living end, they kind of had. Oh, the, yeah, the living end. Yeah, for sure. They had that pop punkabilly thing going. They they kind of turned into like new age, but I still love them. They're awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I dug them too, like especially like the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of. I, I just. I wasn't really thinking about what I was going to do. I just sort of did it um, because I, I mean, I had a few people in my ear telling me, just do it, just do it, just do it. Cause if I, I needed the encouragement at the time and like, I probably would have not put anything out if someone didn't like motivate me to do it and stuff. This, my buddy Yuri that I played with, he plays guitar on a lot of my other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know what? I think after the fact he went in and did the solo on little girl to tell you the truth. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, he's because I remember. Perfect. I remember when you were sending me a few of the demos. Yeah, when you were working on them, and I remember just being like, "Dave is on to something here. These songs are <laughs> really, really good." And I knew you were putting out the the you were, you were doing the singles with Laptop Punk, and yep. you you know you 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 had did the the EP, yep. and. And then slowly you were like, because you did the EP yourself, right? Yeah, I did the Nights in Jail EP by myself, yeah. Okay, and then you had come to me and you, you know, you you had come to us and you had also gone to a couple other labels too. Yeah. Because um, you're, you're working with who for the vinyl? Huh? Who are you working with for the vinyl? Um, Fameless Records. Fameless Records. Okay. Yeah. So you reach out to Fameless. Yep. That's, uh, in, you reach... that's in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I'm friends with those guys as well. Yeah, Tim. Um, he's awesome. Yeah, very awesome. And then you had come to us originally for the CD. Yeah. And uh, we decided to also work hand in hand with doing uh, the cassettes as well. Yes. Thank which you so is much. Our... Yo, you're absolutely welcome. And you know what? We had... Me and Mike had talked about doing cassettes before, um, because I know up in Cleveland the cassette market is is pretty good. Like uh, most record stores, like the, my my mind's eye and stuff like that, they sell cassettes. Um, but I wasn't sure how 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 well we would move them. And I talked to people who do do them, and they go, "You know what? You should be able to move cassettes." And I was like, "You know what?" Let's help Dave out. Not only are we doing the CDs, but let's do the cassettes too. Let's help this dude out. Yeah. You know, he's always been he's always been a champion for us. Let's be a champion for him. And you know, we decided to do the cassettes too. And I'm I'm really super stoked. Me too. Thank you. Uh, you know, you're welcome, man. And like I said, you've always been a real big proponent. 
of, of the podcast and, and the label. Um, you know how much I, I've dug the stuff that you have put out. I make, I make, you know, no bones about that. I've had you, I've had, uh, I've mentioned you quite a bit on the podcast and mentioned, you know, you know, you probably even played some of your songs too. That's um, awesome. thank you. You know, you're welcome, man. And I, I'm super stoked to work with you. And, um, I know I, I really hope people take the time out to check out what you're doing. Um, you're a lifer like us. You're, you're making great music. Um, and I just, you're a cool dude, man. And you know what? I, I talk to people within the scene and they all say the same thing. Like you're a cool dude. Um, you're real. Um, there's no bullshit with you. You know exactly what the kind of music you want to make. Um, you're, you're always, you're always out on social media, you know, making sure that you're staying, uh, you know, staying present, whether it's commenting on somebody's post or posting yourself or talking about other bands, like you're, you're within the scene, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool, man. Like, yeah. and I like, I like lining myself up with people like you, man. It really makes everything fucking worth it, man. I was just saying it's, you gotta like, kind of what goes around comes around you know um i i love punk rock i love rock and roll and i love some of the bands i mean a lot of the bands are coming out now that are, they're like they've never done anything like they've never done tapes they've never done records and it's kind of funny because they're like dming me and asking me about like how to do diy stuff and it's kind of like it it it's an honor to be able to like share my experience with other people, whatever that's, you know what that's worth. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. There's like a lot of, a lot of people have been like hitting me up and being like, so do you know any comps I can get on? Or, you know, if Dave's going to be on this comp, maybe I want to try to sign up for the comp. And it's like, this is fucking awesome that like people think of me that way. I mean, I'm yeah. Sure. I, I really enjoy that too. It's like with me, with the label, you know, not only do I have the opportunity to work with you, but I had the opportunity to work with, you know, Jay Prozac and I had the opportunity to get songs, you know, submitted from, you know, some of my really good friends over the years, whether it was JD or Stiv or, you know, Nick and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the bands that I have been friends with for a long time. It, 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 uh, it it's, it's my way of giving back. And whenever I can work with somebody who cares about the scene as much as I do, um, you know, who's willing to help uh, the scene as, you know, and the people within the scene as much as I do, like it really, it's, those are the friendships that I want within the scene. Those are the people that I want to continue to work with. Those are the people that I want to see thrive and having the opportunity to get to work with you and be able to put out your, your solo record like this this is really fucking awesome man i'm, I'm really pumped for this yeah me too i'm 100 percent pumped it's <laughs> like it's almost like all the people that are doing their work are finally like getting together and it's it's all coming together it's like it's just how it's supposed to be you know it, it's like everything's everything's happening for the people that deserve it yeah it's really awesome to see that it's all all all, all the years of hard work are starting to pay off, you know, all the selflessness 
that goes into being in a band. It's, you know, it, it turns into guiding those that are coming up now with the young bands that are coming up and, you know, we can do nothing but really try to um, make the path as easy as we can for those, those guys and girls, you know? Ah, uh, you're my Lord and saviors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you proud. <laughs> well, uh, before we wrap it up, man, uh, why don't you give up uh, your, everybody, your social so they can hit you up and uh, where to follow you. And uh, I'll do the same. Yeah. I'm at uh butcher man, 2020 at Instagram. I think that's my, my thing. Yes. Um, butcher man, 2020 at Instagram. And, uh, I have Dave Strong Music on Facebook, right? Yep. Uh, I have another Dave Strong on Facebook, too, that I bounce back and forth to. I think I tried to make just the music one, but it goes to my personal one first. Like I said earlier, I kind of suck at this, but I, I'm learning how to do it because yeah. I've got like I've got the messenger and all that stuff. But Just look for Dave Strong. He'll pop up. Yeah, I'm on I'm, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on Tidal, I'm on all those streaming sites, I'm on Grimm's um, Laptop Punk, and now I'm going to be on yours. Yep, this is just a record label at bandcamp.com. Yep. Um, yep. That's coming out soon, right? <laughs> yep, so that'll be coming out here actually probably a couple days after this gets released. We'll, we'll have it available for everybody, and I'll put that uh, up on the uh, episode as well when it gets released. Gotta and, act quick. Uh, that shit's gonna sell out fast. It's gonna sell out fast. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope and so. I, I don't know, but listen, I, I you know what there's already rumblings for it, and I know <laughs> people are gonna scoop it up. And um with all the with with as great as the the you know, great as the the release sounds, um, it's it's gonna kick ass and people are gonna run to pick that up for sure. Yeah, they gotta get the first copies then because there'll be a refresh for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like I said, this is just a record label for the uh, CD and the cassette. Uh, Fameless Records for the vinyl. Yes. Uh, P- Fameless with a PH. Yes. Another incredible uh, Pennsylvania uh, label. And uh, Dave Strongman, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that it all worked out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Even with a little bit of the technical difficulties, we were able to get this shit done, man. Hey, you know, it, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. We're besties for life. Besties for life. You absolutely know <laughs> that, Dave, for sure, man. Yeah, bud. Hey, enjoy enjoy your uh, the rest of your night, man, and I'll be talking to you soon, and I'll let you know when this is going to get released, man. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome, man. Talk to you later, buddy. Have a good night. You too. Bye. And peace. Bye.
song for you.